Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 8 through 14. We've just been walking up to Christmas with a short little series we called Words of Christmas. Three weeks ago we looked at the word glory. Last week we looked at the word peace. And this week we're going to look at the word please, which comes from Luke 2 verse 14. Let me read verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, just thanks for your word. Lord, thanks for the truth of your word, even the familiarity of your word with the story. Holy Spirit, I pray just... Wake us again to the reality of it and to the truth this morning. Encourage us with it. And Holy Spirit, I pray just help us even to apply it. Lord, I pray now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The word that we long all of us to hear this week, tomorrow, in some way or some shape, is if you want to hear the word pleased. Either you want somebody to get the gift that you got them and say, oh, I'm so pleased. This is exactly what I wanted. Or you want to say to somebody, in some way, you got it. This is the gift that I wanted. I am I'm pleased. I am so pleased. We don't often feel pleased, though. Yesterday afternoon, I was standing with about 100 and some people in Myers at the checkout um, trying to stay pleased. And I picked the slowest Person. And then when they started to, other two people started to talk as they were getting checked out, and they started to banter with her, and she started to banter back. I just wanted to say, it's not your job to talk right now. Just keep <laughs> moving. And you felt the tension with every, all the hundreds of people who all thought, why are we standing here? Uh, and just trying to keep it together, that we weren't fully pleased. And some of you may have even felt that way this entire month. You had great intentions to go out through this whole Christmas season and just stay calm, get through it, be pleased. But if you're sitting here right now, you're, you just, you've struggled to be pleased you, with all the activity that you've gone on. And the truth is, even with a Christmas season, it, it, with everything that goes along with it, it's it, it easy to draw us away. And what we can settle for is just the warm fuzzies. That's what we want. We can go through, even as Christians, a Christmas season just looking for the warm fuzzies, just people being pleased with our gifts, just being people that are pleased that we showed up, just making through your family event and pretending that you're pleased that everybody's there. And it's the struggle that we all go through. But as much as we need and want the warm fuzzies, which are good, what our hearts need most is weighty worship that sinks its joy in the, one tri- in the one triune God who gave himself for humanity and for our pleasure, for our joy, so that we can be 
pleased. And how can we be pleased as we head towards communion this morning? I just want to encourage us with three ways that this passage says that we can be pleased and that God is pleased in what he did by sending Jesus for us. The first thing that we can see is this, this was a purposed wonder that happened. It says, in the same region, there were shepherds in the field, and they're just keeping watch over their flocks. This was a normal, normal day for them. But Caesar Augustus had made the decree, the most powerful man in the world had made his decree that all the world should be taxed. He'd worked really hard on his tax plan. He signed it. <laughs> he was really happy. And he wanted everybody to get together and make sure that they could get it figured out. So the most powerful man in the world did that, called all the people together, and Mary and Joseph had to leave from Nazareth from, to get to Bethlehem, which is a marvelous thing for us when we think about it. That the, this was God's plan from the beginning. This was God's plan from the beginning. And the prophecy in Micah, Chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 says that the Messiah would come and he would be born in Bethlehem. And the way that God got Mary and Joseph to, from Nazareth to Bethlehem was taking the most powerful man in the world and saying, I'm going to direct your heart that right now you're going to call a census and you're going to get everybody together. And God cared that much, very purposeful, to get this little nobody girl and her husband all the way to Bethlehem. That's purposeful wonder. God cares the same about us. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wills. God guides the hands of the most powerful people in the world, puts them, gets them to do things the way he wants, when he wants, how he wants, no matter how much they feel that they are in control. The Bible says that God is sovereignly in control of it all. And because of that, he designed it so that the most powerful man in the world would be working for him, calling Mary and Joseph from Nazareth to Bethlehem so that Jesus would be born there just like he said would happen hundreds of years before. That's purpose, and that's wonder. And what that means for us, if God cared enough about this little girl to take her where she was supposed to be, and God can control kings that much, God knows your place. Now, however, matter, however you finish out this year, wherever you are at the end of this Christmas year, you're starting Christmas and, and you are having a hard time feeling glory, you've had a hard time feeling peace, and you're having a hard time feeling pleased with all the circumstances that may have happened this year, and you're wondering, what is God doing with my life? Why did God allow this to take place? The reality is God's designing all of it, and he's sovereignly in control of everyone. He knows your place. He knows exactly where you're supposed to be and he has you exactly where you're supposed to be. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.13, and no creature is hidden from his sight. A couple weeks ago, I was sitting in my office and all heard, suddenly I heard a thump. That didn't sound like a thump, but it was a thump that I heard. And I thought somebody was coming in and I went out and I stepped outside the hallway and laying on the ground was a dead sparrow who had come flying into the double doors. And I, and I picked it up, and he's just laying there. Nobody cares about sparrows but God. The Bible says God knows even when the sparrows 
fall. He knows everything about it. And if God cares about sparrows, the Bible says he cares about you. If God can control the greatest person in the world to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem, he can control the circumstances of your life. He knows your place. That should bring some wonder to us. No matter how you, you feel about it, no creature is hidden from his sight. But the Bible says all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And that's why Jesus had to come. Because God knows everything about us. He sees everything about us. And he gave this purposeful plan. And then he did it with this unbelievably promised package. It says that the angels said, fear not. The shepherds were just doing their thing. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the angels came out and the angels said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And three things happened with Jesus was born. For unto you this day, in the city of David, a Savior was born. The Messiah was come, and he was Christ the Lord. And the way they knew that, the way they knew that was true, he says, this will be a sign for you. You're going to go to a little place that's for animals, and you're going to find a baby lying in a manger there, and he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. And that's so that you will know what I just said was true. That the baby in the manger was a sign that the Messiah has come, a Savior has come, and he is Lord. The big word that the Bible gives for that, or the theologians use for that is the incarnation, that God became human. He wrapped himself in human form. The second person of God took on human flesh. He didn't give up being God, the Bible says. Jesus was 100% God, 100% man, but he added to and took on human flesh. But the amazing thing is he came as a baby. He came as Savior. He came as the Messiah, and he came as Lord. But if you read Matthew chapter 1, which sounds like that's just so amazing. It's, it's too great. Then you read Matthew chapter 1, you read the genealogy of Jesus, and you look who was in his family. Jesus came from an extremely dysfunctional group of people. A very normal, sinful bunch of people. That's his lineage. That's who he came from, which means we can relate to Jesus. He is one of us. He knows the shame of every circumstance. It's in his lineage. It's in his family. He took on human flesh. He didn't just take on human flesh. Even as a baby, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 that he came as a servant. It says in verse 7, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The promise package was a baby. This is going to be the sign for you. You don't have to fear. Peace is coming. And the way you know you don't have to fear anymore and the peace is coming, the Messiah has come, is because a baby is going to be in a manger. And that baby is the king. But he's coming as a servant, and taking on human flesh. 
And so watch his life. See how he lives. See how he loves. See how he cares for people. You got all kinds of struggles. You're wrapping up 2017 thinking, man, I thought I'd be a little farther along spiritually. Or man, I I thought this wouldn't be my situation right now. What am I going to do? Jesus would say, just come to me. Do you know who's in my family? Do you know who my lineage is? Do you know what I've experienced? Do you know how much I care for you? Do you know how much I love you? I can understand what you're going through. Just keep coming to me. I came as a servant to serve for your joy. It's a purposed wonder that we can be pleased with. There's this promised fact that Jesus, I, will, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that gives us ultimately then permanent peace. The angels started singing. They started celebrating all that Jesus had done for them. And it just erupted with glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. And the word pleased just means God's good pleasure has now come. God's good pleasure is on people that don't deserve it. The big story of God is God created the world and it was right and good and we were supposed to follow God and worship God and he was all for us. We rejected that. There's brokenness, sin. The reason that we have embarrassment and shame is because of our own consequences. But Jesus still then came for us. And God said because Jesus came, he's pleased. The good pleasure of God is on the world for people who will recognize it, for people who will see that, you know what? I can't do this life on my own and will respond to the message of who Jesus is and revolve their life around it. Letting Jesus be their savior for their sins, the Messiah that they were needing for, and the Lord of their life. The only time, the only other time in the Bible this word pleased is used is in Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 10, verse 21, where Jesus says to the Father, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is why you were pl- what you were pleased to do. If you think that as you go through this next year, you, hear, you see Jesus, and you don't turn your life, you don't recognize your need for him, you don't respond to him, and you don't revolve your life around him, the good news isn't for you. You're rejecting the good news, but the good news is for all of us. Jesus says it's for, it was hidden from those who think they can figure out life on their own, and it was revealed to those who are like little children, who just believe their good father. When he says, this is for you, this is good news, it's for those. Have you come to Jesus in that way as you go through this Christmas season? Are you pleased with Jesus in that way, that you are for him? And that, that's permanent. Every year they come out with new words that the Oxford Dictionary tries to put out. And this year there's a whole list of them. And one of the words that made the list of new words was milkshake duck. You heard of that? A milkshake duck was put out two years ago. And it was some 
from Australia who was, wrote a blog, and they were just watching how the world works. And with all the social media coming out, everybody gets, uh, somebody gets popular just like that. And something will come on, some, some person will be famous, and they'll, their fame will shoot up in the sky. And then all of a sudden, a little more investigation into their background, they find out that this person believes this, and this person believes that, and all of a sudden, their fame drops down. And they, they called that person a milkshake duck. He just shoots up in the sky, and then all of a sudden, the world doesn't care about him anymore. And they, they toss him off, looking for the next big thing. But the truth of the gospel is, because Jesus took on human flesh for us, because he came, because he lived, and because he went to the cross for our sins, there is no milkshake ducks with God. God doesn't forget about us. He doesn't see something in us and say, oh, I like that, and then investigate a little bit more of our lives and say, no, you're too messed up. I can't, I can't have a piece of you. God knows everything about us, and he still sent Jesus for us. And he says, because I know everything about you, I'm gonna come for you. I'm gonna rescue you. And when I rescue you, if you will recognize who I am, if you will respond to me, and if you will revolve your life in me, in worship and in love for me, that's permanent peace for now and for eternity. And we can wrap ourselves in that and be pleased. Tomorrow morning, or this next week, when you open up your presents, or watch your kids open up their presents. Don't pick the wrapping paper up too quickly. When you see the paper on the ground all ripped up and torn up, let her remind you that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, wrapped himself in human flesh. He allowed himself to be bruised, to be beaten, and to be crushed for our sins so that we could have the gift of eternal life and joy and be pleased now and for eternity. So leave the mess because Jesus loves messy people and he rescued us and he calls us just to respond and worship to him. And we can be pleased and we can know that because of Jesus, if you're in Jesus, God's pleased with you. God is pleased with you as you finish out this year. Enjoy that gift as we go through this week.